I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. All right, welcome to the Jimbo Paris Show. Can you please begin by providing me with a brief summary about yourself, who you are, what you're about, and what your message is? My name is Marika Lexmont. Thank you, Jimbo, to begin with, to have me on the show. Uh, my name is Marika Lexmont, and I'm a writer. And I write fantasy, but I love to integrate my philosophies from witchcraft. Oh, my work. that's very interesting. Yeah. So can so you make of, a mix of fantasy and real life? Right, right. And that really hit me there. Can you kind of tell me a bit of a story about how you got into witchcraft? I went to film school and I ended up in a metaphysical shop there, Himalaya in Amsterdam. I'm from the Netherlands originally. I live in the States, but I grew up here in the Netherlands and I'm currently visiting my mother. And I went to film school in Amsterdam and I just loved browsing the metaphysical shop, got into tarot cards and started reading books about witchcraft. And I really connected with it because it's about connecting to nature, working with the elements, about being open-minded and just, you know, live and let live and be accepted of the things and the forces around you. So you were the book of, you were the owner of two books, the Madigan Chronicles and Under the Witch's Hat. Can you? Well, the Madigan Chronicles is, will be, I wrote book one and two, which is called The Dagger and the Magical Tarot Deck. And in that, that's a story about which family, the Madigan family, and uh, they guard elemental objects. And it's a whole uh, family story. I think it's about three generations of witches and what it comes down to to be a family in the end. I think it's the, I, everything I write has a strong theme about family also. I I'm I love I come from a big family myself and I just think it's always very interesting how families interact and how they work and obviously I'm interested in witchcraft so I love writing about that and then I take it a little bit to the next level and take liberties and take it into a more fantastical world just to use my imagination I can't help myself and under the witch's head is where the the witches in my book have a a bar in the French Quarter in New Orleans, because my books play in New Orleans. And that's called Under the Witch's Head. So I've taken their bar and I made that into the witch world. So people who want to read the books can go into the world. And there's a website where I sell spells, which I make myself. So every spell is unique. And yeah, that's a different whole side story there. And I, I sell the books there, but also I have recipes because one of the witches in the book cooks all the time. And I have cocktails because with the bar, it's nice to make magical cocktails. And yeah, so I want people to be able to emerge a little bit in the world of the books. Right. What are the most common misconceptions that people have about witchcraft? I think people think it's evil and it makes no sense yeah. to me. Because witchcraft has nothing to do with that. I think everything in life is, you know, what you do with it yourself. So that's with, I think, if it's with religion or witchcraft or, you know, the way you interpreted it has to do with if it's good or evil. It has nothing to do with what it's yourself, because I find witchcraft is one of the most 
open-minded things out there. They're actually very accepted about other other what yeah other I I don't see witchcraft as a religion. I see it as a way of living. You know, to connect with nature and to be able to be in nature to immerse yourself in the ebb and flow of the moon cycle and stuff like that. And but you know, we I it's a very live and let live and just be open minded and absorb things that are different. I love everybody being different and I think we should just you know chill out a little bit and let people do whatever they want to do. Right. And, and I think it's very much witchcraft. It's very open minded and you know, just be who you are. That's the most important thing and harm none. Please let me interject here. Sure. What, I've also heard of Wiccans before. Wiccans and witches <laughs> supposed to it's be... The, are Wiccans supposed to be good witches? Is that supposed to be the term I should go by? I always just use the term witch, but some people, you know, as everywhere, people can be sensitive about these things. But Wiccan and witchcraft and uh, pagan, for me, it's more or less the same. And you also have a professional background in filmmaking, which I... I did, yeah. I actually have a, a degree in camera and lighting from the film school in Amsterdam. And I've always loved to tell stories. So I made a lot of documentaries. And most recent, I actually went to Greenland and made a documentary uh, there with Irish people. And that was amazing. Our Greenland is an amazing country. It's uh, it's nothing what I expected. You know, you ex- you think Wales and natural beauty is there, but the people there are just so friendly and sweet. And uh, but it, a documentary is also about storytelling. And I worked on film sets in uh, in Amsterdam. And uh, my husband got a job opportunity in the film, so that's how we ended up in the states. And I hadn't been able to work for a long time because of the uh, work visa. So now we have a green card, so I would be able to work. But I started writing, and I simply love it. So that's why I started. Yeah, who was the person that actually got you into witchcraft? I really love the, the sh- shop in Amsterdam, you know, just hanging out there and talking. And I am not really good in groups. Some people practice in groups. But I, I found out I have a very own way of doing it, and I feel better practicing by myself but you know i love to meet sometimes with other witches i joined tarot groups i went uh i because for me tarot cards is part of my how do you call it uh the way uh, i use that as a sort of a daily tool in my witchcraft and yeah i it's nice to meet other people and talk about it but i'm not i'm a sole practitioner that is quite interesting because I just spoke to a person that worked a lot with Oracle decks, or in other words, tarot cards. So can you kind of give me a gist about how you use your tarot cards? What do yours look like? How big is your deck? I have over, I think, somewhere close to 300 tarot decks. Uh, I love the artwork. That's, you know, I just start collecting them. So some I just have because I think they look beautiful. And in the end, I think I use somewhere between five or 10 decks in my daily life. And if I buy a new deck, I generally use it as my daily deck because then you can, by drawing a card every day, it has two functions for me. One is to see what my day will bring. And the other is to see if I connect to a tarot deck. Because if you do actual readings with it, you need to, because it's about intuition and about association, 
you need to really connect with the deck that you use. I think it's a very important thing. And by using it as a daily card, you quickly know what language is this deck speaking? Does it connect to me? Is it, does it fit with my beliefs? And, uh, or, you know, and then it's also, I, it's fun to see what happens in a day. And people like to think big, but with a card of the day, it's usually small. Like I got the five of swords a while ago, and usually it's a little bit of a dark, a darker message cards about strife and stress and, you know, arguments. And I cut my finger. So I think it's pretty badly. So I thought it actually fits really well with the cards in a small way. So I thought that's kind of fun to see at the end of the day how the card resonated with your day. So it gives you diff- also a deeper feeling with the deck. And yeah, it's lovely. And in my books, actually, tarot cards are a very important uh, part. And uh, I'm currently designing actually a deck with an artist friend. So that's fun to do. Do you have any decks on with you right now that you could show? I have the deck I'm working on with my friend. And I can show you like, um, yes. can you see it? The Ace of Swords. And the Ace of Swords is, Aces are about beginnings and Swords are air and they're about the mind and, you know, uh, things that you think logically about. So the Ace of Swords is the beginning of a plan or something like that. And something completely different is the Seven of Pentacles. I have here, all the way around. And the Seven of Pentacles is about... uh, Picking the fruits of your labor. So these bees have been really working hard. And now finally the honey is dripping from it. So they really get the rewards from all the work they put in it. So that gives you a little bit of an example of things about a tarot deck. But these days there are so many tarot decks around. When I started, there were, you know, maybe 20 tarot decks that were common. And now because more artists make them, it's just more fun. And you can, there's more lovely decks out there for everybody. Very good. You have a master's degree as well. So. Yeah, in camera and lighting. Yes, I went to film school in Amsterdam and uh, I loved working on the set, but I found that sometimes restrictive. So I still make do a lot of photography just for fun. So I have Instagram accounts with different kind of pictures. I have one that does basically nature or as which I obviously, if I walk, I always see something and I have a beautiful camera, but generally I just use my phone because I just see things around me that I can't resist to take a picture of. It's all about light and how the light hits a leaf or, uh, yeah, then I feel immediately inspired because I think if you are creative, it's not about just one thing. It's not about just writing. One creative thing feeds the next creative thing. So it's uh, really, uh, you know, if I stuck with I write, I'm not one of these people that just going to stare at the screen. If I get tired, just, uh, you know, if I'm done writing, I get up, I need to think about it. I go out, I walk the dogs or uh, do the laundry. But if I walk outside and generally take pictures and then I get inspired, get ideas, and that's how things get flowing in your head. One thing helps the other a lot. Now, I want to get into the idea of your paganism, but Mm -hmm. before we do that, I just want to learn a little bit more. Do you sell your cards online? And besides the cards, can you sort of tell me how spells work as well? 
the tarot deck we're working on and once the books are done then the tarot deck will be done and then i will sell that also online for now it's just the books and i sometimes send people if they let me know which cards that are finished that they enjoy i will post them to them in the mail just the card this one postcard with the card on it i think that's fun but the deck it is a long process because you know you have to draw it you have to talk about what's the meaning of the card what resonates with the artist and with me for that card and then we go back and forth she makes idea she sent me sketches i say oh i like this i not like that we should do a little bit more of this in it or you know and then the colors and it's it's a whole process before the cards are done and in my books every chapter starts with one of these tarot cards so the whole chapter embodies the theme of the card so uh yeah, my first book has six cards in it. The second book has seven cards because seven chapters. And the third book I'm working on now has three, has three, six cards in it. So another six chapters. And at the very end, it will be six books altogether. The 14 minor cards of a tarot deck, which is one to 10, will all be done. And in the meantime, we will work on the rest of the cards that sit in a deck because a total tarot deck is 78 cards. So it's yeah, it just takes a couple of years to just make it. It's just a lot of work. Excellent. Um, and spells is a totally different thing for me. It's something that I need to be feel inspired to. I uh, collect con- things constantly for it. So when I walk outside and I see feathers or shells or little pieces of wood or everything that I feel connected to, I pick up. I buy old lockers online or in a trinket store or if I feel some, sometimes I see little bones of other stuff. I take everything that I think associates with me with certain things. So I have boxes full of little stuff. And when I feel inspired, I just start generally with a locket or something that contains something and I start to collect things and I think about what I want to say. So if I do something like love, I will look for things that are more red and that like a row, a little piece of rose leaf or yeah, all things that I associate with love that I have in my collection, I will put in there and it's generally all very small. And then I will bless it under the very first full moon that comes after I finished it. So I will do an incantation over it to empower the spell. And then you can buy it online. That's quite interesting. You know, that reminds me of, it reminds me of the way sigils were. Because you would write something out in a certain set of shapes. You would pour your intentions in, whether that's in a positive or negative way. And then you will get rid of it entirely. And you, and it's sort of the same process that you do with the spells. Yes, I even sometimes use a sigil or a rune, for instance. Yeah. Like if I make something for protection, I generally write a rune in there that goes under everything. And I put a little piece of sage in it or, you know, incense or uh, sometimes salt or, you know, everything that I think connects certain colors are important or, you know, it has very many layers that you can use. But it's... Definitely has the same build-up, I think, as a schedule where you can also draw on on certain things. And when you're mentioning runes, do you actually do crystal work as well? 
or not a lot. I have a lot of crystals. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I it's something I touch on, but it's not in my daily work. Although like my personal I have a little altar that I change regularly and there's always some crystals on it. And I've tried to redo crystal ball, but that's not for me. I found out. So I, uh, you know, I try different things, but some things resonate with you a lot and other things are less. But I think crystals are definitely part of uh, being in there. And I have certain ones that are made out of crystal and one specifically for healing or, you know, I do things like that. Pretty good. What is your opinion on paganism? Are all witches pagans in a sense, or is witchcraft sort of more of a a priesthood title in a sense when it comes to paganism? Can you sort of elaborate on that? I think witchcraft is probably just a label that people put on it. If I I have to say something, so generally I just say I'm a witch. I, for the longest time, I thought, should I say pagan or should I say Wiccan? You know, I really doubt it. But, you know, I think I feel most comfortable with the term witch. But in the end, I think it's just a label. People like to put labels on things. It's it's useless. It's just a way of living. And we have to call it something. So, yeah, I don't see a lot of difference with it for me personally. I think it's... Uh, frustrating that people try to put people in boxes that's actually i say it but i i would just say i live with nature maybe or you know i live with the natural cycles i think that would fit me better and from what i viewed paganism seems to be a very free and relaxed type of belief system and i think it's something that can definitely appeal to a lot of liberals such as myself, because I think a lot of the more mainstream faiths tend to be very uh, restrictive. This is just my opinion. But yeah, I definitely am supportive of your beliefs in that regard. And do you ever mention paganism a lot? And well, you sort of do, but as sort of a general religion in your books? My books, definitely. I put a lot of it, I think, in my books. In Because... It is about witches. I have an opportunity to, I have to take one step back. As a writer, I think all the persons in your book are a tiny part of yourself. You know, even uh, the the good and the bad characters or whatever. All the characters you write have a specific voice, but you have to get them somewhere out of yourself. That's how it goes if you write, because, you know, I, at least that works for me. I have endless conversations apparently out loud, which I didn't know, but because of COVID, my husband was home all the time and he said, you talk to your people all the time. So I have long conversations with all my characters and I think they are all part of you because life is about balance. You know, not entirely, everybody has good and bad character traits. That's how it is. Nobody is all fantastic. That's just not possible. So uh, that's also fun about exploring if you're writing you can just step into different characters and think gosh what if I am would try to be a little bit more like this or you can be a little bit more hopeful like I would love to be more like this and explore that you know if I I say I want to be a more generous person you can make one of your characters more generous and explore how that would be able a possibility how that would go so I think 
being a witch and it is about witches. A lot, I think, in my books are there is a hint of truth in there. And obviously, I am one of the big messages I think I'm a big believer in is life is about balance. So if you have a person that's always super, super nice, I find generally in my experience that once they do snap and get angry, they are extremely angry because most of the time they're so nice. You have to have, you have the other part of the scale as well a little bit. It's always evening out. And I think that's with so many things in life. It's always coming back to a balance of things. And I think that's one of the big messages I try to put in my books is, you know, try to find that balance. And it's fine to just be excessive sometimes, but also, you know, it's also fine to withdraw and regenerate. It's not, you don't have to be something specifically. It's okay to be yourself and explore who you are. It's very important. I, I will, you know, it's, it's nothing like being able to be yourself. Very good. And can you sort of get into how you made that transition from being a person that's mainly spiritual and having a degree to then building a business? How did you balance those two lifestyles? I struggle with it always. <laughs> I would say I find it very difficult. A business and a promoting and a, I'm actually a little bit of a hermit. And um, funny enough, moving to America has teach me a lot about being more open and being more able to chat with people or to yeah go a little bit because I find people in America are just more uh, friendly in daily life so that helped me a lot with being more friendly have kids and that is I find this really helpful if you need to go out in the world and do a business I love you know hiding away and writing and being my own head but, you know, working on the website, it forces me to go totally out of my comfort zone. And then I must say it does give a lot of satisfaction once you manage to actually do it. And I feel very blessed that I am anyway, um, you know, I have a degree. And so it's for me to take pictures and stuff. It's just nice that you will be able to do it yourself and that you not always have to rely on other people. But um, I find it scary. That's basically what it is. But uh, I also think it's important to just do it. If you, if, if you don't try things out in life, you, yeah, you, you get sometimes surprised and sometimes you get hurt, but that's how life is. You get up and you keep going. And it's, it's, you get some most of the time surprised in a good sort of way. And what was the biggest failure that you had? And how did you learn from it? The biggest failure I... Burned out. I, I ran a camera rental house in the Netherlands for a long time, and um, that exhausted me in a way. And I, I let that go too far. And I've learned a lot about that, about setting boundaries better, and also instead of keeping everything inside, just quicker say when you don't agree with something don't agree with some agree with something and to just don't be scared from confrontation i'm not a very confrontational person so i will try to avoid it but sometimes it's necessary to just you know stand up for yourself and say this is the limit very and good. 
yeah, it forces me in a different direction. So then I think the universe just had that in mind for me. So I actually went and wrote books. So what would, what advice would you give to somebody that would be interested in pursuing a career or let's say life path similar to yours? How did you merge all of these things, the spirituality, the filmmaking, the business? How would someone else merge those aspects into their lives as well? I think you can't force the path. So I did all those things and uh, I felt for me that at a certain point they fell into place. But I think, you know, you make a plan where you want to go, but don't expect the path to be straight path. Just start somewhere. You have to start somewhere and that brings you to the next step. And sometimes don't be fixated on what you had in mind. But go with the gifts that the universe is presenting you on the way. I never in a million years would have thought when I finished film school and in my degree that I would be a writer. I thought I would not be able, that I, I, I never thought I would be able to write a book. But at some point you just start and you send it to people. They give you comments. You have to be able to take criticism and think, how can I make it better? And you learn on the way that you made wonderful friends that support you and lift you up and bring you further and um, yeah, just keep going and just go with the flow. Don't get stuck on your idea, but sometimes it brings you to a better thing and re- try to recognize it, grab it and go for it. That's, I think, is what um, is important to recognize the different gifts that come on your path and then use those and not get stuck on what you had in your mind. It's the hardest thing, I think, because you all have your dream, but it's sometimes when the dream changes, it generally gets better, but you don't see that at that moment. So to just let it go and move on is sometimes difficult, I think. Did that make sense at all? That does make sense, but I think this falls into a different question. So, How do you know that the universe is actually giving you a sign? Is it about trusting your intuition? A lot. And um, how shall I say it? Now I'm going to say something that I would have hated when I was 20. It does come a little bit with age because you you only learn by making mistakes. And the older you get, the more mistakes you make. So you quickly recognize different things. But I still get lessons from the universe. And then, yeah. I think it's uh, I, I it's very funny if you recognize it and think, oh my God, they're really trying to tell me something, and um, I should calm down and take this and go for it. Listen, learn. Yeah, you have to, uh, but recognize it, it. It is about intuition, but that's back to witchcraft. That's what witchcraft is mainly about: about feeling around you. It's a lot about deeply feeling things. Excellent. And speaking of that, what is the main lesson that you would give to your younger self to become the person you are now? My main lesson is uh, uh, don't be so rigid in what your ideas are for your future. Just And don't be afraid to just do something instead of thinking only about doing it right. It's not that important that you do it right. It's important that you do something. 
and not over prepare or over, you know, sometimes you just have to go. Doing is the most important thing I've learned. I have been waiting a long time for things to happen or to get it exactly right. And I think just doing is more important than getting it exactly right. And how do you think one builds their intuition? Um, most people swear by meditation, but I've never been excellent at meditation. Let's put it like that. I try. For me, it's really, you go for a long walk on the beach and just listen. Listen to what's in your head. Listen to what's around you. But also, connecting with other human beings is just as important, I think. Talk to a lot of people. Talk to a lot of different people. Don't try to have just one opinion. Having lots of opinions really sometimes uh, broaden your vision a lot. And I think that's helpful for your intuition, also for getting a feel for people or... Or writing characters, you know, we all, there's, so, it, it's important to uh, hear other people, I think, and actually really see them if you can. Very good. And this is a pattern I've seen because most of the high-end psychics or spiritual people I've noticed, they don't meditate in the traditional sense. They walk. I know somebody that does Tai Chi, another person that likes to play music. You know, meditation does not always have to be this. And then you cross your legs. It could be anything. It is what works for you. And every person is different. And that is, you can only find it if you try different things. So that's part of the fun of it, I think, is just to explore. Just try to, you know, some people, I tried Chai Chi and I, I enjoyed it, but it's it's not something I stuck with. I for me nature works a lot, but I also find you know I I I sometimes go to um, a tarot weekend and just emerge myself in tarot people and their energy. And but I live in New Orleans. I mean I'm around people all the time. I love it, and I love the different kind of people and how they some people express themselves or just go and sit on the at a cafe and just watch people going by and see how they dress or how they move or how they interact with each other. And those are all wonderful things to meditate in a way. And another question I have is, is do witches in general have a congregation? Are there more of you that sort of band together? Usually is there a club where you meet together and talk about things or are you more solo and separate? It's very different, but you have uh, covens. They call them covens. It's a group of witches, and they practice together. And I've learned that that's not for me because uh, then quickly you get there is also a certain teaching or a certain way of doing things, and I am slightly stubborn. I like to do things my way. <laughs> In the end, I, I just uh, uh, I love people, but I'm not a, a, a group kind of person. And how do you think, what is the best way for listeners to connect to you? What are you currently selling? What are you currently pushing to help people out in their journey? What type of uh, 
value do you provide to your customers? I want people to know what you can do for them because you are definitely a credible source. I hope to bring people that they are just uh, getting more to their true self, I think. You know, be who you are and don't be afraid to be who you are. I think that's very important. And I think that in society, people get pushed very much into boxes or way of thinking. Or And I, I think it's important to explore who you are. And I hope that my books and with my tarot cards or spells, I can give people a little push to just be who they really are instead of trying to to fit into somebody else's thoughts of who you are. Very good. And I want to begin looking into the different side of witchcraft now. So when you're a witch that practices good things versus a witch that practices on the other side, what do you consider that? How do you see other people that practice witchcraft on that other side versus your spectrum? Is it white hat witchcraft and black hat witchcraft? I I don't really believe there are extremely bad witches out there. I think there are people out there who use whatever they have for unfortunate things. And but I don't think it's that black and white. And I personally I don't do curses or stuff like that. I just don't like doing it because I think you think you put that in the world. That is how I see it, because I think what you put in the universe you'll get back. So but I know people. some people are just not that worried about it. And um, but is, I don't think that's a good thing. But is, it, is it extremely evil? I think they probably also do things that are good. So what is the line? Yeah, you can only do things from yourself on. And I think there are people out there who really say witchcraft. I'm a white witch, and I so in probably their definition, I'll fit into a white witchcraft part. But I personally don't like to make it that black and white. It's just not healthy to only see one side, because I also don't believe that people who are practice white witchcraft don't do some unfortunate things in life just happens we all hurt people along the way unfortunately i think if we want to or not if it's intentionally or not yes what products or services do you offer to your clients specifically on your website i want people to know what you can bring to them i sell spells at the moment and i and they are all sorts of things can be for inspiration, can be for personal transformation or uh, simple things as love or just have a little light in your house or working with a water element or uh, another one of the other elements or stuff like that. I sell my books and I do the occasional tarot reading if you reach out to me. But that's not my main business. My main business is telling stories and I like to tell I I love to put a message in my stories that I make. Now, are your stories generally based on your experiences or the things you've done, or do you sort of freestyle the stories and create them more into lessons as you referred to before? I think that I use the, my philosophies are definitely in my books and I, I try to portray them through different 
characters, but also I, I try very much for people not to be too judgmental. So uh, that's also one of the things I try to put in my books. In my books, I explore good and evil, what you were talking about, because I think people are very hung up on it. And I think even though pe some people are really bad, there's always some good side in them too. And the people that are generally so nice also have a little bit of a dark side. So that's that's also a big thing in my book to find that balance, you know, and make up your own mind about what is really good and what is really evil. So what are some final things that you would like to say to the audience that kind of connects to the lessons you have in your book without spoiling anything and also to your experiences throughout life? The most important thing What I would like to say is just, you know, don't try to put people in boxes. Let people allow people to be who they are. And sometimes they will surprise you in amazing ways and be kind, you know, be uh, what you put in the universe. You will get back. I, I see that the people around me who are older, who did a lot of, good during their life and now they're maybe getting old and needy themselves they they people who put that in there they get that back when they need it so you know in general be more kind and just don't expect people to live the way you live because that might not be their path and just let people be who they are it's important thank you again for being on the show it's been a pleasure having you Thank you. I loved being here with you. Yeah. I hope I made sense. And if people have questions, they're welcome to reach out. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show. 